Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Elissa Branch, and this is Housing Wire Daily. This week's episode of our Woman of Influence series features an interview with Adrienne Goolsby, the Senior Vice President of U.S. and Canada Operations for Habitat for Humanity International. Adrienne joined us today on the show to discuss some of the things that her team and Habitat for Humanity at large are doing to help increase affordable housing and safe housing. She also shares how people can help Habitat for Humanity aid people in securing housing. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Want to give your customers the streamlined mortgage experience they expect? Fannie Mae's digital mortgage solutions are fast, efficient, contactless, and they save paper. Our digital mortgage solutions provide efficiency for you, convenience for your customers, and deliver a great experience at every stage of the mortgage cycle. Own the mortgage experience with Fannie Mae's innovative solutions. Visit FannieMae.com slash go digital. Hello, Housing Wire listeners. Welcome back to another segment of Housing Wire's Woman of Influence podcast series. I'm Elissa Branch, Housing Wire's junior digital producer, and today I am joined with Adrian Goolsby, the Senior Vice President of U.S. and Canada Operations for Habitat for Humanity International. So thank you so much for joining us, Adrian. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Now, before we uh, kind of dive into today's conversation, would you mind sharing a little bit about your background with our audience? I feel like some people have an unlikely start in the industry, so I am curious whether or not that's the same for you. So was working in the housing industry or for like a nonprofit something that you always wanted to do or... Well, that is an interesting question. From a young age, I was always interested in unique problems and solving unique problems and world issues around how can we have impact in the world to change people's lives. And so one would say, I actually undergraduate, I'm a chemist and an engineer. And um, as I progressed throughout my career, I leveraged those skills from a problem solving perspective to determine how I'm going to help organizations improve the way that they work and the way that they operate in order to get the much needed services to the people who are in need in the communities that we serve. So I will say I've always had that um, inkling, always wanted to help improve people's lives. I worked with McKinsey and Company, a general management consulting firm for a number of years where I focused on those areas such as healthcare and organizational behavior and design for corporations and nonprofit institutions. From there, I gained an interest in technology and also focusing in the housing arena. But really, the, to circle in as to how did I become interested in housing, it was probably more um, on a personal note when I was living in Chicago um, and it fueled my interest around looking at the different communities um, and how they were structured within um, the Chicago area. And one of the things that I realized early on, especially as I started working for the Chicago Housing Authority, is that there was a difference between the haves and the have-nots. Um, And there was a tale of two cities. And I really 
thought that there shouldn't be a tale of two cities, that if you're a citizen of Chicago, you should get the same services as everyone else receives as a citizen of Chicago. And so you shouldn't get different trash services, I guess streets and sanitation services or different police services because you live in a certain area, but it should be the same across the board. And so working through and working with the Chicago Housing Authority and the city and the state of Illinois, we really spent time trying to figure out how to best develop and bring communities together so that they could become more resilient over time. We wanted to destroy that tale of two cities and have one complete city. And if you go and see Chicago today, you will see that. You will see the integration of neighborhoods. You will see the increase of generational wealth and the new plans for transportation and providing more affordable housing throughout the city. And I was able to take those learnings and apply them um, in Virginia with their housing authority and economic and development authority and also bring it even full circle to Habitat for Humanity. And so my love for housing is pure. My love for housing um, was from a personal perspective, but my love for housing is also for addressing um, affordable housing needs for families who are in need. Let's now focus more so on why you're here today, which is to discuss how exactly you became a woman of influence. Um, As the SDP for U.S. and Canada operations for Habitat for Humanity International, you lead the company's work in construction, as well as other programs such as Veterans Build and Aging in Place. Additionally, you lead the initiative on long-term disaster recovery and strategies to increase opportunities for Black homeownership. Um, So for our listeners who may not be as familiar with Habitat for Humanity International's work, could you tell us a little bit more about the organization and how you lead your team to execute on all the wonderful stuff I just mentioned? I am so glad that you asked this question because um, we find that people have few misconceptions about Habitat for Humanity. So let me start first by saying that Habitat for Humanity is a global housing nonprofit that works in local communities across across 50 states in the U.S. and in more than 70 countries, driven by a vision that everyone deserves a decent place to live. But one of the most popular myths is that Habitat for Humanity gives away homes, and we don't. In fact, families really partner with us to build or improve a place they call home, and they must have a need for affordable housing. It also means that they actually partner by contributing a certain number of sweat equity hours Um, to building their home, and they pay an affordable mortgage at the end of the process. Another popular myth that people have about Habitat for Humanity is that President Jimmy Carter was the founder of Habitat. And actually, um, Habitat for Humanity sprung from a small grassroots effort on a community farm outside of America's Georgia. And it was founded by a farmer and biblical scholar called Clarence Jordan. And in 1968, Millard and Linda Fuller partnered with him to really build a ministry focused on building decent, affordable housing at low cost and at no interest. And that is how Habitat came to life. But in my role at Habitat, I do provide strategic leadership and managerial oversight to Habitat for Humanity International's U.S. and Canada staff and servicing and enhancing the Habitat for Humanity U.S. and Canadian affiliated network, which is nearly 1,200 affiliated entities across North America. 
We're in the midst of a housing crisis where for the past 40 years, housing has not kept up with the housing population. So my team really focuses and creates and develops um, programs that are designed for the affiliated network to really increase access and produce safe, decent and affordable homes across the US and Canada. We then work in close collaboration with affiliates to carry out these programs in the communities across their areas. So just a couple of examples, which you did mention a little bit in your in your question is that we, we recently have um, a, an effort where we're building better with Whirlpool Initiative, which really expands on decades of affiliate knowledge and expertise to increase and advance the supply of energy efficient and resilient affordable homes across the country. We focus on vulnerable populations, which you mentioned, such as veterans, women build and aging in place. And particularly in aging in place, we are so um, in tune with making sure that older adults who are living in homes that are inadequate um, for their needs or in disrepair and unable to access resources that we actually come in and help make their homes livable. And we will improve their homes and quality of life so that they can flourish where they live. We also focused on being innovative. We know that um, we need to test and scale new approaches to address the sector challenges when you look at housing affordability. And one that we are focused on right now is based on creating permanent affordability accelerators across the US. And then we also focus on promoting equitable outcomes, as you mentioned through our Advancing Black Home Ownership Initiative, which galvanizes the affiliated network behind a more comprehensive strategy to increase the number of black homeowners across the nation. And so that's just a few of the things we do um, and a few of the things that I lead and engage. And we are always um, happy to work and collaborate with other partners as well as our affiliated entities to really um, approach this housing affordability problem head on. So now I want to focus a little bit more about your specific role. You were recognized as a 2021 Woman of Influence because the leadership that you displayed during COVID. During this time, you've kept your team's focus on championing affordable housing, and as home prices across the country continue to rise due to the impacts brought on by the pandemic, we're also seeing affordability become this very important top concern for consumers as well. So I am curious, what are some of the ways your team works or has worked to ensure affordable housing for all people? Well, as the nation moves into post-pandemic recovery, which we are so excited about that, Habitat's focus really has shifted from the immediate housing relief needed during the pandemic to long-term housing investment. We are actively encouraging policymakers at all levels of government to prioritize investments and to support policies and regulations that increase access to affordable housing. My team develops programs, provides supports and guidance, and improves processes to advance the construction of entry-level affordable homes in communities of opportunity. When you look at the number of new entry homes in the market under 1,400 square feet, it has decreased sharply since the Great Recession. And we also focus now on revitalizing neighborhoods and positioning those neighborhoods for success. We want to promote homeowner stability and permanent home affordability and protect people against displacement. One other area that of investment that we kind of shifted to during the pandemic is um, looking at the increased costs for land acquisition. 
And we're looking at the Housing Opportunity Fund, which is an innovative approach of developing an impact fund to acquire land or property to help either create new affordable units or ensure that existing units are pushed into the affordable category that can be leveraged not only for our affiliated entities, but other affordable housing partners across the U.S. And so I'm really focusing more on how do we invest in the housing industry so that we can identify tracts of land, but also figuring out how we can partner with other folks so that we can address the housing affordability issue um, directly because we are in the midst of a crisis right now, today. And it's been exacerbated with COVID-19. I think you, you made an interesting point there where you guys are working in the short term based off of things that have happened during COVID, but even in a post-pandemic world, you know, your work is not done. People still need all of these resources and, you know, they still, we still need to increase affordable housing and all that. So I think that was a very interesting point. And Habitat for Humanity International is a U.S. non-governmental and nonprofit organization, but I am interested in what are some ways others in the industry or even outside of the industry um, who are wanting to help with the company's mission are able to get involved? Well, thank you. We always want people to get involved and we always want people to um, embrace the company mission um, because we don't do this work alone. Every gift helps a family build a foundation. Um, financial support from individuals and organizations really allows Habitat to help families build strength, stability, and independence through shelter. And to those who are interested in lending their time and talents, we recommend visiting Habitat.org to locate and contact the Habitat organization near your home to find out what virtual or in-person engagements are available. Everyone at any time can advocate for increased access to affordable housing by reaching out to their local, state, and federal government officials and seeking their support in creating and adopting policy that ensures that we can build safe, decent, and affordable homes. So we are always open and welcoming new partners, new volunteers, new individuals who want to help us in this mission. So please visit Habitat.org. Adrienne, before we wrap today, and this is a question we like to ask all of our guests on Women of Influence, do you have any advice to offer to women who aspire to your level of success? I do have some advice to offer to women who aspire to my level of success. I will say there's this one quote that stays with me day in and day out, and it's actually Nelson Mandela. He said, I never lose. I either win or I learn. And he applied that mindset throughout his entire life. He was berated, imprisoned, beat upon over decades and decades. And his perseverance and tenacity really went far and beyond just the typical level of being tenacious. So for him to come full circle and lead the same country that mistreated him um, and oppressed him, is absolutely phenomenal. And to me, it's just that full circle of forgiveness that Nelson Mandela had. And so when, when I think about that, um, it sits with me as a leader because I think what many women need to understand is that, and I think this is across all leaders, we do fail, right? We do mess up sometimes. And a, and a good leader, a strong leader takes those failures as life lessons and learns how to apply them learns how to pivot them, and learns how to share those learned lessons with others. And I think that when, when you know, going through life and when going through your career and making those mistakes, 
um, and, and not failing, but learning even more that when you do that, you are able to really focus on the vision that you have of, of pushing that issue forward, which for me is affordable housing. Um, and, and so there are a few things that I think about within the midst of that quote that I say, I never lose, I either win or learn. And I think there are some attributes that we, we can pass on to others. One is, as a leader, be your authentic self. Be an authentic leader. Um, know when to follow, but also know when to lead. Be who you are. Um, I, I, I tell my daughter this, and she's a teenager all the time, that there's only one of you. Everybody else is taken. So if you are meant to fulfill your full destiny, the only one who's been born in this world to do that is you. So always stay true to yourself and be authentic. The second piece that I would add is that as you move up and progress, bring others along with you. It can only, you know, get better with time. Sometimes it's lonely at the top. Mentor others along the way. It takes a diverse team to develop the best answers and support and surround yourself with people who will advocate in the direction and will uphold the vision that you have um, for the work that you're doing. And then lastly, I would say have other interests outside of work. Do things that bring you joy. If that job or career doesn't work out, which sometimes that happens, make sure that you have other things that allow you to grow and develop past that opportunity. Other interests that bring you joy, they keep you going and they help you to develop your brain and they help to bridge that gap and to make new connections as you move forward in life. So those are kind of like my few tidbits that I would give or a few words of wisdom or advice that I would give to women today who are aspiring to um, be in a career and to be a leader in their careers. I love that. A lot of powerful messages there. And Adrienne, thank you so much for joining us today on Housing Wire Daily. Thank you again for um, inviting me to be a part of this podcast. And I am so excited to be a part of the Women in Influence for 2021. And um, thanks again. And listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out the article for this episode on housingwire.com to get a better look at some of the work that Habitat for Humanity International is doing. And of course, be sure to join us next Tuesday for another great interview with a woman of influence. Have a great rest of your day. Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwarrant.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. I hope you have a great afternoon. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the hottest stories crossing our news desk daily. The podcast is now available wherever you like to listen. Make sure to tune in tomorrow.